You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Total team win right there. Total team win. And you know what's scary? We start to believe. It's one game, and we got to continue to put in that work because that's why we got to where we got. You guys come to bust your ass every day, all right, and put it out there every day and then we're going out there and we playing to fucking win. We playing to fucking win. All right? That's a hell of a team win. Give it up for yourself. Oh, the first guy finished 25 of 36, 260. This other guy came up with the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had multiple returns. And you know what I'm most impressed by? Somebody threw a punch at you and he did respond. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. I'm sorry, but does that not get you fired up? That, by the way, was the post game, obviously, in the locker room. Um, I referenced that many, many times, just feeling a different energy, feeling a different energy from Matt LaFleur feeling a different response from the players to Matt LaFleur. Just, just different, different. And um, man, oh man, that gets me fired up. I mean, just, I was even thinking like, is it worth it? Because you can't see it. And then I played it back and listened to it as I, you know, like actually going through the full intro with the intro, you know, whatever. I, I'm, I'm getting jacked up, getting goosebumps just hearing it, man. Because it's, it's so loud. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming the amount of just, Whatever you call that, the intensity from the entire locker room, not just one guy yelling. I mean, everybody just screaming. But anyway, I just want to continue having fun, man. I just want to continue what we did yesterday. Again, we'll we'll have to turn our attention to the Giants real soon. I was thinking maybe tomorrow we can do a little bit of little bit of draft talk. Um, I like to do that on Saturdays, even though college football is winding down still. It's just a nice little tradition. 
But uh, aside from that, aside from just the obligatory things that we got to touch on, I just I just want to keep having fun, man. Just keep that train a rolling. Before we get into too much of the fun stuff, might as well go through the injury report as usual. There are 60 billion people on here. The Giants don't have nearly as many. However, Evan Neal, uh, I mean, he's terrible, but still a pretty critical piece of their offense. Uh, he did not participate. Otherwise, Dexter Lawrence, hamstring injury was limited. Ashawn Robinson, hamstring limited. Isaiah Simmons, uh, ankle limited. Carter Coughlin, full participant. Tyrod Taylor, full participant. The last two I don't think matter as much. But still, um, for the Green Bay Packers, way more. Let me just read the names as per usual. Jair Alexander, Devondre Campbell, Josiah DeGuara, A.J. Dillon, Rashawn Gary Elton, Jenkins, Aaron Jones, Keyshawn Nixon, Jonathan Owens, Jaden Reed, Darnell Savage, Quay Walker, Christian Watson, Devontae Wyatt. There's your injury list for this week. The guys that did not participate, Darnell Savage, Quay Walker, Christian Watson. Um, it doesn't sound like Christian's going to play this week. I don't know how long it's going to take. Um, I had heard some people speculate probably at least two weeks, which really sucks. And honestly, it, it does really kind of make me nervous because I do think, and I, I've been saying this for a while, I, I really think Christian has a lot of benefits to this offense that extend beyond just his his yardage and reception production. Um, his ability to stretch a defense and whatnot is pretty critical to what it is that the uh, offense does and needs and he provides a lot for the other receivers and whatnot but I I think we've got a a really nice reprieve in that we've got teams like the Giants and I don't want to take them necessarily completely for granted but you know still if if we have to lose a pivotal piece of our offense it's going to kind of detract from what we're actually able to do I'd rather it be against teams like the Giants um but anyways uh limited would be let's see Wyatt Jaden Reed Jonathan Owens Elton Jenkins, Rashawn Gary, A.J. Dillon, Devondre Campbell, Jair Alexander, and then full participant would be Josiah DeGuara. And strangely enough, I don't see uh, really anything for Keyshawn or Aaron Jones in terms of like what their designation is. They're just on the list. I don't know. I don't know what that means. So uh, we'll get some more clarity, obviously, as this goes along. A lot of this will be game time decision and whatnot. But again, I think the the big question was Christian Watson. I think a lot of people view it generally as good news that you know he will be back and probably not before too long, but it doesn't look like he'll be back this week. Actually, I'm digging through something right now. It it uh, boop, 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 boop. it says he, it says Aaron Jones was limited. I don't know why that wasn't listed on the injury report, but he he was back to practice and he was limited. Um, so good good chance we see Aaron Jones back, which would be obviously pretty fantastic, especially if we have to lose a piece like Christian Watson, it'd be great to gain a piece that also can... I know I know Aaron Jones has been having a little bit of a rough season, and with all the injuries, it's hard to imagine that he can get back to full form, but still, you want to talk about an impactful guy that can make some stuff happen. Um, you just you love to see a guy like Aaron Jones back. Not saying he's going to be, it's whatever. Speaking of back, though, it looks like Justin Jefferson will be returning for the Minnesota Vikings. That was kind of expected after their uh, bye week. They thought maybe he could come back. It looks like he's going to... Um, Still pretty much a disaster over there at the quarterback situation, but Justin Jefferson's talent is pretty undeniable and it's going to be a problem for people moving forward, so we'll have to keep an eye on that as the weeks progress because obviously we have to play them again. But all right, that's enough of that boring stuff. I had uh, all these buckets that I mentioned to you before. I had news, fun audio, fun stats, uh, analysts starting to notice, rival despair, and receipts, and I only got to a couple of those buckets. Let's play in the fun stats bucket for a little bit, shall we? 
there's obviously a ton of these and and we're barely even getting started with some of the stuff i haven't even hardly started to uh to really dig into some of the fun stuff but let's see what other people found Zach Cruz posted, Jordan Love has four games with three or more touchdown passes and zero interceptions. Five is kind of a big deal. Former Packers quarterbacks to have five or more. Rodgers had 10 in 2020. He had eight in 2014. He had six in 2016. So the first two are MVP. The third one was run the table. Rodgers did it in 2021 in one MVP. Rodgers did it in 2011 in one MVP. Favre did it in 1995, and this is with five and one MVP. So every single Packers quarterback, Rodgers and Favre, that did it, that or more, one MVP with the exception of 2016, and that was the run the table year with Aaron Rodgers. So not obviously saying he's going to win MVP because I don't think that's going to happen, but it really just goes to signal how big of a deal that is in terms of, I mean, it's, it's just a high correlation between that and just being a pretty solid freaking quarterback. And then he comments beneath that, he said, even the list of four is impressive. Uh, Rodgers did it in 2010 when they won the Super Bowl. He did it in 2009, which was his first Pro Bowl. Favre did it in 20, uh, 2007, the year they went 13-3, and three, and he, got his sec- uh, he was second in MVP voting. Favre also did it in 1996 when he won MVP. Uh, Peter Bukowski posted, Sunday was the fifth straight game. The Packers had 375-plus yards. The first time they've done that since 2013. To put that into perspective, the Green Bay offense got three MVP Aaron Rodgers seasons that never produced a stretch of offense like we're seeing right now. That's wild. Ari Mirov posted, Jordan Love in his last three games, 75 of 108, 857 passing yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions, 3-0 record. Green Bay is very much alive and QB1 is playing like a franchise quarterback. Those numbers are pretty wild, man. 857 yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, just just to put that into perspective, and again, this is not something that you would generally expect to be sustainable, but just showing how good of a stretch that is, that's nearly 5,000 yards on a season. It's 4,856 yards, 45 touchdowns, zero interceptions on a season. PFF Green Bay Packers posted Jordan Love off play action versus the Chiefs. 11 of 13, 122 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, 131.4 passer rating. Absolutely killed him with play action. And then the last one was Matt LaFleur, 16-0 in December, which I'm sure you've heard by now. A couple other buckets that we haven't really touched on. We did do Rivals Despair, but how about this one? Some receipts. I'm sure you've already heard this one or whatever, but it's just, it just, oh, it just feels so good to now hear this because, it, you know, you're so angry when you hear it the first time. But it also sucks because they might be right, even though they're stupid for saying it. It's possible they're right and then they feel vindicated. But now being able to listen to this kind of nonsense, having seen what we see, oh, it just feels good. Hey, I guarantee you every NFC North team is excited to see Jordan Love. Ecstatic. I guarantee it, Green Bay Packers. Nobody will fear you going forward. Understand that. There is not a game somebody's going to see the Green Bay Packers in without Aaron Rodgers in the jersey and have fear for you. So congratulations on all your years of like walking into stadiums and having one of the best players on it. You don't have it anymore. So hate me all you want, but understand you had something great for a long time. You didn't appreciate him on his way out. Wait and see. Okay. <laughs> 
We waited. Amazing, isn't it? Oh, it feels so good. I get it. Like he's he's a he's real good friends with Rogers. A lot of a lot of people that are really good friends with Rogers, tight with Rogers, they're they're backing him up. But you don't have to be a complete d bag about it. It's one thing to to be like, you know what? I feel like you guys should have appreciated Rogers a little bit more on the way out, which I think is whatever. It 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 is what it is. It's another thing to completely crap all over Jordan Love and just say nobody will fear you. Jordan Love's not going to be any good. You know, you had a good thing, now you don't have it, and you're going to suck moving forward. You didn't appreciate it. Well, just wait and see. Okay. Should we revisit the exchange between the Jets and the Packers and where those two franchises are at right now? Because I was under the impression, and when I say I was under the impression, I mean I was told by a lot of people, that the Jets were a shoe-in for the playoffs and the Packers were going to just suck because they didn't have Rodgers anymore. In fact, the offensive line was going to implode um, because Rodgers made our offensive line good. And the Jets' offensive line was going to be significantly better because Rodgers was just going to make it magically better. And then Rodgers got destroyed behind that offensive line and hurt after four plays. And it's like, well, that's not really fair because Rodgers got hurt and you can't predict that. Well, it's not entirely true. You're taking on a massive contract for a 40-year-old quarterback with an injury history on garbage turf behind a terrible offensive line. You're telling me there is no way you could have seen an injury coming? Are you serious? He's 40. He has a history of injuries. Your turf sucks. Your offensive line sucks. Come on now. Come on now. You can't pretend that you made a great decision because nobody could have seen this coming. No, you're stupid. This was a bad decision. The Packers made the right decision. And Richard Sherman is an idiot. How about that? You want to be a Jets fan? Go be a Jets fan. How's their future looking? What do they have? Terrible owner. A GM who got a ton of praise, who knows why. A coaching staff that nobody cares about. Quarterback situation that is in complete disarray. Oh, but you have a decent defense. Congratulations on your decent defense. I'm, I'm super proud of you. How's that working out? Super Bowl bound or what? Next year's the year? You're going to get him next year? Okay. First of all, what are the odds Rodgers makes it to the end of the year? It's sub, sub 50%. Guaranteed. That's assuming he doesn't come back this year and hurt himself again and then doesn't even end up playing next year. I, I you know, I just, it's whatever. Here is a clip that uh, JJ posted a few days ago. Um, he said, Bears fans assume that being good is all about luck and that every football organization is run as incompetently as Chicago. In their last game, Jordan Love threw as many interceptions as DJ Moore caught mm-hmm. touchdown passes. Amen. Bears! That was glorious because everyone's like, oh, I want the ba- uh, the Packers to have Jay Cutler. I want the Packers to, you know, have mediocre. Uh, I want the Packers to have a quarterback who can tease them. No, no. It's over. No, that's too good for them. They don't deserve to go from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer to a dude for eight years. They deserve to go from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer to socks. <laughs> because then if you have socks, then you've got to figure out your way out. And you've got to like mortgage draft picks and you've got to be desperate and you've got to take a bunch of swings and you've got to go for like band-aids and stopgap measures. And after last night, I think sucks is back on the table for Jordan Love. They deserve it. Let me let me just stop there for a second. 
what 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 JJ said here is 100% correct. He says they assume it's all about luck. To to sit there and say you deserve to have a a you don't deserve to go from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer to, you know, another good quarterback or whatever, eight years you, you deserve to go to sucks. The, the, this the Packers didn't accidentally stumble into this situation. They decided to draft Jordan Love because again, although he's not going to play right away, there is nothing more important than quarterback and there's there there are more seasons than just this season right in front of our face. And the Packers are the one of the only organizations that isn't so freaking ignorant that they can't see beyond this year. It's an obvious decision for them. We have an opportunity to lock up another Hall of Famer. And it's so funny because everybody that says this is the dumbest situation in the world looks at it now and they're like, this is unbelievable. How do they keep doing it? It's like magic. It's not magic. Remember before when they drafted a quarterback and you said that it was the dumbest thing ever? It's because the Packers aren't that ridiculous that they're in this situation. And it's because organizations like the Chicago Bears are that stupid that they wouldn't do something like that which is a really easy and obvious decision if you just have common sense. It's for that reason that you've never had a good quarterback and never will until you freaking wake up or just luck into one because you get the first overall pick every single year until you accidentally stumble into one, and then you have to not ruin them, which you'll probably do because you're incompetent in more than just one way. The Packers aren't lucky. They just understand what's important and they prioritize it. They understand there's nothing more important than having a great quarterback. And anytime you think you might accidentally have one fall into your lap, you grab it. Especially when you know your quarterback's in the last handful of years of his career. This is an obvious decision. And no, there's no guarantees, but it doesn't matter. And now we're sitting here and it's like, do you see now how obvious this is? And they're going to sit there and talk about luck. Like, oh yeah, yeah, you you don't deserve it. You're not going to just luck. It's not luck. This isn't luck. This is just responsible planning. It's just common sense. They deserve it. The whole state, the whole fan base, my whole paternal side of the family. Nephew Jack, I was just taunting him <laughs> via text. Ta- nice kid. Just taunting him via text last night. It was glorious. He's like, oh, well, I'd, ra- I'd rather learn by the end of the year if he's not going to be the answer so we know we have clarity of whether oh, or not we need to move on. He's I'm scrambling. Like, I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, that's the type of thing the Bears fans have been saying for 25 years. Oh, my God. It was so good. Yeah. Who is the, who is the backup who is quarterback? The, yeah, that's what I was hoping you'd be. Oh, Sean, Sean Clifford. Oh, Sean Clifford. The big red dog. Oh. Bring him in. Yes. It's, it's Clifford time. Okay. There's controversy I, in I, Wisconsin. See? Now, Danny, Danny, on behalf of the listening public here, there's, there's many of them. Um, do you feel like this could be mushing Jordan Love being bad? Like, there's oh. some people already pointing this out in text and in Twitch, and I certainly felt this way when you told me what the lead is going to be today. Do you have any thoughts of that possibly being on the table right now listen i'm powerful i don't think i can make a guy not colorblind he throws to the other team in there (laughs) oh again it's just you could have this too but you're too busy being high and mighty thinking about how important it is to grab wide receivers in the first round and trying to go off like what what do we need to do to fix the bears let's keep justin fields and give away our first overall pick and get our quarterback a wide receiver. The quarterback that we don't even trust to throw beyond the line of scrimmage. Let's just see if that'll fix it. And then we'll get a tackle. 
And so then we have a fixed offensive line and a wide... Did that fix it? No. Gee, maybe we should have gotten a quarterback. Maybe we could have taken C.J. Stroud and we'd be on it. No, 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 no. We had to give that away. So now, instead of Poles being, you know, a hero for drafting somebody like Stroud and being great, which you had your opportunity... You had your opportunity for Stroud, just like you had your opportunity for Mahomes and everybody else. Now, there's a very good chance that some other GM will be picking a quarterback. Now, maybe not. Maybe they're going to keep polls, which would be great, because again, I think he's been unbelievably incompetent. Anybody that pays that amount of money for freaking linebackers and a guard that didn't even show up to Chicago until the first day of, of the regular season, basically. I understand he had stuff going on, but it's just, it's, it's such a mess. It's such a mess in Chicago. Nobody even wants to be there, ever. And nobody's good, including the guard, or the tackle that you drafted, or anybody else. So what, you, you, you're going to draft one this time? Are you, you going to get the right one? You think you're going to get the right one this time? Because it seems to me every time you have an opportunity to get the right one, you choose not to. You going to get the right one this time, you think? Do you think maybe you're going to try to fix your team by prioritizing the Packers? Or is it prioritizing the quarterback like the Packers have done since forever? Is that maybe what it is? So maybe all that mocking of drafting Jordan Love, maybe rather than mocking, start to acknowledge that the Packers, first and foremost, prioritizing quarterback isn't actually a terrible idea. And rather than surrounding mediocrity with all these different wide, like Mitch Trubisky, what did you do? You went out and got Allen Robinson, and you went out and got all these wide receivers. They went out and got like seven different free agent wide receivers. And then they spent money on Khalil Mack and all that, because they can't draft, so they just use all their draft capital. They gave it away to go get guys like Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson and everybody else, and we just smash talent in here thinking that's going to do something, and it does nothing. And then they get Justin Fields, and he doesn't work. And what do they do? Free agents and free agents and free agents and free agents. And what did that do? Nothing. You still suck. You can't figure it out. Draft and develop, prioritize quarterbacks. It's not freaking rocket science, but it's not sexy and it's not fun and it's not exciting. So everybody hates the Packers because they're so stupid and they're so boring. And they have never taken a first round wide receiver and first round wide receiver. You know what you can do with your first round wide receiver? I want you to shove it so hard that you can taste it. Okay. I'm not anti-first-round wide receiver, but the fact that the Packers are mocked for drafting the most important position in football, and now we're all going to sit here and pretend like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that was great. Well done, Gutekunst. Frickin' duh. Maybe you shouldn't have been a D-bag for four years about drafting a quarterback who has Pat Mahomes upside and sitting him behind Aaron Rodgers under the tutelage of Matt LaFleur. When you have Aaron Rodgers clearly at the end of his career and is unhappy and disgruntled in Wisconsin. And we're going to pretend that's a bad idea. Good freaking Lord. You got the guy over there at Barstool. It's not fair. It's not fair. There's no cosmic, you know, being in the universe that just doles out. Like, Packers, what do you get? Oh, we'll give you another quarterback. No, they drafted Jordan. Chicago, you're just so stupid. You're just dumb. You're not bad because you're unlucky. You're bad because you're so stupid. You're so unbelievably stupid. I just, I just, I love you so much because I hate you so much because you're so unbelievable. Like, I just, the football fan in me hates you because how can you be so unbelievably dumb? The Packers fan in me loves you because you're so stupid and incompetent. 2023, you passed on CJ Stroud, you idiots. 2022, guess who was available to every single team, including the Chicago Bears? Brock Purdy. Could have had Brock Purdy. Didn't draft him, though, did you? 
2021, you decided to draft Justin Fields. Just, he's just bad. 2020, by the way, um, Mitch Trubisky had proven to be pretty bad by 2020. You drafted Mitch Trubisky in 2017. He was bad in 2017, bad in 2018, bad in 2019, right? There was a lot of talent you could have gotten in 2020, but there's a problem. You could have drafted Jordan Love, by the way. Do you know why you weren't able to draft Jordan Love? Because you had the 19th pick in 2020. We took Jordan Love at 26. Why couldn't you get Jordan Love or Justin Jefferson, who was drafted right in that range, or Brandon Ayuk? Why couldn't you? Anybody know? They lost that pick for Khalil Mack. 2020 is shaping up to be one of the greatest quarterback draft years like in history. And Chicago didn't even get an opportunity to pick because they gave it away for Khalil Mack. But they did have an opportunity for Jalen Hurts in the second round. Instead, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten picks earlier before Jalen Hurts got picked, they took Cole Komet. And you're going to talk about what the Packers don't deserve? No, you don't deserve anything good. How are you consistently this awful? Of course, in 2018, they had the opportunity to draft uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I understand not necessarily wanting to do it because you just drafted Mitch Trubisky, which is hilarious, but you did that. So instead of drafting him, you drafted Roquan Smith, which is hilarious. You drafted a linebacker at eight who wasn't very good for you. So you traded him to someone else and he's actually doing quite well somewhere else because why not? That's the year we drafted Jair Alexander, by the way. They could have had Jair, but instead they took Roquan Smith, the freaking linebacker. And of course, there's 2017, the wonderful, magical, amazing 2017 Chicago Bears with the number two pick, which of course they had to trade up for because they were tricked into believing that somebody was going to come up and get some great quarterback, which might have, if that was true, might have actually saved them from themselves. But of course, it was fake. So they gave away a ton of compensation to move up one spot and draft Mitchell freaking Trubisky. And then Pat Mahomes got taken at 10. They took Mitch Trubisky at two. Pat Mahomes win at 10. And Deshaun Watson win at 12. I know he's got a bunch of off-the-field stuff, but maybe that wouldn't happen in Chicago. I don't know. Bottom line is Deshaun Watson was fantastic for a very long time. And potentially, 2018 could have went very differently for Chicago if they had a better quarterback like Deshaun Watson. But they didn't. They took Mitch Trubisky. They also passed on guys like Mike Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Marlon Humphrey, you know, whatever, no big deal. So bottom line is Bears fans are wrong when they say that this is unfair and the Packers don't deserve this because they do. They deserve it because they earned it. And you deserve exactly what you've earned, which is despair. And I'm sorry that that's what you've earned. Maybe not necessarily as a fan base, but as a, uh, as a franchise. Yes, they've earned every single thing that they've gotten. Anyways, why don't we take a break? This has been fun, but we got to move on. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. 
you'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's uh, clear out another bucket here. I got some more fun audio. We we opened up the show with one of them, but uh, I also want to play this. This is just a bunch of the teammates rallying around Jordan and just making some comments, starting with Kenny Clark. Oh, of course it doesn't want to play now. Come on, stupid. Not Kenny Clark. I mean, just the internet. I wouldn't call Kenny. <laughs> that would be bad. I just, I just want to say, too, I got to put, put some respect on TNA. Like, he balling. He balling. The only word I can think of is extraordinary. Uh, you know, I think that his yeah, his comfortability, his confidence, and just his ability to make plays, just, you know, we're just seeing more and more every single week. I love it, man. He's getting more comfortable. He's getting better and better. He's getting in his groove every week, and I just love how he's leading us. Got here last year, I was saying, watch him, you know, learn from 12, and uh, 12 gave him the key, and shit, he's driving the Porsche now. You know, you got to give it to the team. I mean, a, a large portion of the fan base as well, and you can hear them in packing it after dark, even during the rough patch, they, they were all in on Jordan Love. Like, had his back and uh, were praising him, and um, I still think some of the blame on other people was was not exactly correct, but regardless, doesn't matter. Uh, just backed him up the whole way, but the team as a whole has always been that way too. They had his back early and often, and um, they have always believed in him. And now they're 100%. I mean, you know, Kenny, when he did the interview, it was like, before we even start, I just need to say, you all need to start respecting 10, period. Anyways, next question. Here's the last one from this bucket. This is right after the game talking to Jordan Love. Jordan Love telling us this week he's just getting more and more comfortable in this offense. I'm going to start with you. You put up more points on this chief defense than anybody this season. What was working for you guys? I think everything. I think as a unit, offensively, we were just clicking today. Uh, everybody around us was making plays, um, just executing all the little details. We started fast, put up some points, and then defense balled out. And you told me 100% this was a revenge game from your first NFL start against these guys. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, I've been having this game circled. Um, been wanting to see these guys again after that, you know, my first start. So it uh, feels good to get the dub. All right, this guy over here. And again, that that's sort of the – he's kicking over to Keyshawn, but I'll end it there. That's sort of that chip on the shoulder thing. It, it, it's it's funny because we still don't really know Jordan's personality, but you kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit, and there's there's a lot of like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and you don't really see it because they're so 
I, I, I shouldn't even say that because Rodgers was kind of the same way. He was very quiet, very reserved, but there's a lot behind it. And as the years went on, you started to see more and more of it. And you see that with Jordan, right? He's reserved, but there's a chip there. This dude has been holding a grudge against the Chiefs for all these years. <laughs> Massively intense and competitive person, very similar to Rodgers. So, I mean, it, it's just cool to start to see these layers come out. And it's, it's all good stuff. I mean, highly competitive and just wants to go for the throat, man. I, I freaking love it, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm loving this all so much. All right, what else we got? We got a lot, man. We got uh, 16 different, th- actually, there's more than that. I got 16 things in my little analyst starting to notice bucket. But um, there's also this article here via Nate Tice. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Doesn't need to be read because it kind of fits in with the whole um, analyst starting to notice. Nate Tice, NFL writer and contributor for Yahoo Sports, says, hope you didn't sell your Jordan Love stock because Packers might have a franchise quarterback after all. I'm just going to go through a couple highlights here. Um, Subtext, title thing, whatever, you know, the bolded things between paragraphs and sections. I I don't know. I'm not a writer. I don't know what these things are called. But it says, Jordan Love is flashing his potential as Packers have grown around him. Then a little bit further down, he posts a Twitter um, snippet, a little video uh, that the NFL posted of Jordan Love throwing a pass that just says, definition of threading the needle. This was against Detroit. By the way, a lot of the stuff that I have here is prior to the Chiefs game. So this is what people were saying even before he went in and dominated the Chiefs. We got a bunch of stuff after the Chiefs too, but just incredible. And he goes on, he kind of documents where things started off slow, but he's going through even his own things. He's posting video uh, clips that he had posted, and it's just, you know, look at how good the left guard looks. Look at how good Josh Myers looks. Jordan Love uncorking throw working to his left. Um, just highlight reel after highlight reel after highlight reel. Jordan Love changes his arm slot and delivers a nice throw around the pass rusher. Tidy footwork from Jordan Love. Just a very, very long and, and detailed article, but the bottom, I mean, this is, you know, many, many hundreds, thousands of words. Uh, Love is learning the art of playing quarterback. Just the bottom line is he went really in-depth studying Jordan Love and came away with, as I said, hope you didn't sell your Jordan Love stock because Packers may have found a franchise quarterback after all. I had Nate send me a bunch of stuff from uh, TikTok. Some of it we've used already um, that I had already used, but here's another one. This is Ross Tucker from Ross Tucker NFL. It must be so nice and so fun to be a Steelers or a Packers fan. I mean, they really don't know, for the most part, what it's like for other fans of other teams. Even when it looks like it's a lost season for both, they're both going to be in the last game, likely with a chance to make the playoffs, but they're at least in the mix. So many teams are already done for the year and have been. I I think it just speaks very, very well to those franchises and the cultures that they've built. And the last part is the important part, right? Because, again, the beginning of that sort of sounded like, oh, poor me kind of thing. Like, you'll you'll never understand, like, just this horrible thing that we're we're being subject to. And I know for fans, that, that is the reality. You can't control what's going on. But the bottom line is, it's a credit to the organization. This isn't luck. We're not all just throwing darts at a dartboard and the Packers just keep getting lucky. It's, it's, first, it's, it's first and foremost understanding in, in a weird way that they, they understand that luck is a massive part of this. 
And I know that sounds weird, but when you understand that, you realize that you need to start prioritizing things. You need to start doing things the right way because it just gives you a much, it positions you to be much more likely to succeed. That's where draft and develop comes from. It's, it's not just a fun philosophy, just like many others where they're all equal, but this is just one that we try. No, it's, it's, it's how you succeed. It's prioritizing positions in the NFL that provide value. You know, I, I talked about the other day how you know, T. Higgins has been playing for four years and Jordan Love has basically tied the amount of value that T. Higgins has brought to his team. Depending on what metric you use, if you look at war, somebody asked me to show war, it's slightly lower, a game or two more, and he'll be past T. Higgins. It's just, it's, it's, the, it's just the way it is. Quarterbacks provide a lot more value. Wide receivers are more valuable than tight ends. Tackles are more valuable than guards. Corners are more valuable than, than safeties. It's just the reality. And the Packers prioritize premium positions generally. I mean, Quay Walker was not one of them. But if you want to succeed, that's what you do. And that's why it's like, you know, when, when we all made fun of the Lions, like you got a running back and a linebacker. It's like, well, you know, I, I think they're really good players. I actually think it's a good pick. It's not about being a good player. It's the fact that even if they're a good pick, there is a ceiling, and the ceiling is below that of a mediocre pick at a better position. But I, I think the biggest thing, aside from just making fun of the other organizations for, for not figuring out what, I mean, just, just, just copy what other teams are doing. Just copy what the Packers do. Just prioritize things that matter more than things that don't matter. I, I don't get it. Like, the Vikings should have drafted a quarterback by now. Kirk Cousins has been on the way out for a long time. When are you going to draft your quarterback? You're just going to wait until you got him out the door and then draft a quarterback? Same with Detroit. I mean, I, I understand building in the trenches and whatnot, but this past year you went linebacker, running back, get a quarterback. Not the right year, fine. I just, you know, it's it needs to become a priority. But no, we're going to get a running back. Okay, great. Well done. But the, the bigger thing is for Packer fans, appreciate this. I mean, everybody else that's a fan of other teams can look at the Packers and just go, it's unbelievable how amazing you guys are at this. And Packer fans sit here and piss and moan, and they're like, yeah, but did you see Kevin King over TJ Watt? Oh, my Lord. Shut up. Yeah, but if we'd have got T. Higgins, we would have won a Super Bowl with Rodgers, and they didn't support Rodgers. Garbage franchise. Oh, just ungrateful. Ungrateful. And, and you know, you know, it's like when I hear people like Ross Tucker say, you guys don't understand. It's like, yes, we do. Are you kidding me? And then you look at Packer fans complaining and it's like, well, OK, they don't understand. Fair enough. Those people over there, the part of the, the entitled town group who just thinks that everything should be perfect all the time. Otherwise, the GM is a complete idiot and, and, and Mark Murphy's an idiot and all these people are idiots. Matt LaFleur is an idiot. Everybody's an idiot. You're right. They don't understand. For the rest of us, we do understand, and it's why we appreciate what we have. Please, please appreciate this. Because, first of all, Brian Gutekunst did this in 2019. Remember, 2018, we were screwed. It was over. There's no turning this. It's, it's, we're not doing a quick turnaround. This team sucks. Everybody's garbage. Like, there, there's no football team here. You got Rodgers and nothing. You don't have a coach. You don't have a defensive quarter. Like, you don't have anything. You have no defensive players. You know, offensive play. Everybody on this team sucks. And in one year, we turned it around and we're 13-3 and three and went into the playoffs. And he did it freaking again. 2022, everything's awful. We lose Aaron Rodgers. Like, every, like it's just, it's, it's so bad. And look at where we are right now. We're on the cusp 
of getting into the playoffs and being one of the better teams in football. Do you, do you have any concept of how freaking unbelievable that is to do it even once, much less twice? Brian Gutekunst is like godlike. It's unfair in, in like gaming nerd tech uh, terminology. It's like OP. It's, it's, it's basically cheating. Like you're, 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 you're godlike when you have Brian Gutekunst as your GM. Like you're unstoppable. Just stands for overpowered, OP. It's it's just it's it's unfair. It's cheating. It's it's ridiculous. Appreciate it. Let's take one final break here, and then we're just gonna start ripping through some of these more people recognizing the Green Bay Packers, and in particular Jordan Love. We'll be right back. When you're watching Love right now, what is standing out to you about what he's doing well within this Packers offense? Well, I think he's um, gaining more confidence. And I tweeted this out the other day, and I did a breakdown on him. And I was just so impressed because, you know, the first two or three games of the year we watched, and it was like they were rolling. And then there was like a six-game lull, five-game lull. And so I didn't really pay attention to him. And it's sort of the recency bias. And I probably should because it's my job and whatever. But they just weren't really You can't do it with all 32 teams. You're going to – guys are going to slip through the cracks for three or four weeks stretches. There's just no way to keep up with it all. Exactly. And that's the thing that just wasn't fun to watch. If if I'm being honest, because it was just, they weren't really hitting it. They have a bunch of rookies, bunch of tight ends, runners that are like rookies. And um, so I put on the last two tapes of him and I've just been completely impressed. And there's a couple reasons why Um, he's making throws when they're not there. So he's fitting balls into tight windows, which maybe he didn't try during the middle of the year for whatever reason, didn't want to turn the ball over, didn't want to do this. And I mean, even take, for example, the um, first play of the game of the Detroit Lions Thanksgiving game. I mean, it is bomb. Like it's a bomb, the first play of the game. And they came up and said, we're going to play man. He's like, no, we're not. And the free safety is actually in pretty good position. It's a corner post by Watson. And honestly, Watson easily, Easily walks in, but Jordan two hitches it and underthrows it, but he's still able to get up there and make the play. So like he's doing that more often. And also I want to say a little bit what I've noticed is his arm angle. His arm angle is like insane is not even the right word. I didn't know he had that kind of arm talent. Gets cut off kind of abruptly there, but that is a clip from the athletic football show. That's Chase Daniel that is talking. 14-year NFL veteran, former quarterback, NFL network analyst, et cetera, et cetera. Works over at the 33rd team, The Athletic. But I, I, I love that, you know, again, it's, it's the recognition of things. And he even acknowledges, like, look, I, I, you know, I know it's my job to understand these things, but you can't track all 32 teams. And I kind of just turned my brain off to the Packers because it was boring. Come to find out, Jordan Love is freaking good. Now, I will say on, on the kind of the two notes, number one, the arm angle talent stuff, like he didn't know he had that talent. That's that's kind of Jordan Love 101 stuff, but whatever. But I like what he said about throwing to windows that aren't there, right? Like he's he's making throws that just don't exist. And that's sort of that Aaron Rodgers quality. That's the thing that a lot of even Packer fans are like, look, he's doing fine, but he's not like on that level. And we're starting over the last couple of weeks to see those types of throws where it's just like, what the heck? What, what? Again, the Jaden Reed touchdown. Like, I don't, it, the ball teleported into his stomach. I don't know how it got there. I don't even understand. Some kind of glitch in the freaking matrix. The throw to Watson, like, that's not a thing. The throw to Dobbs, not a thing. Like, that, that's just, that's not, 
it's it's not a thing. It does. I don't know how else to describe it. That's an attribute that only certain quarterbacks seem to have. Now, everybody probably accidentally makes one or two of those. But to be able to just do those things, like as a as a matter of like just fact, like this is just what we do. That's a different deal. I think I already played Adam Shine, so I'm not going to do that again. What else we got here? I love this video. This is Rich Eisen. Um, I've had some fun with Rich Eisen because I think he's kind of popped off in the uh, you know once in a while. But the thing is, he he's so enthusiastic, um, and he becomes such a huge fan that it's hard to just not be like, all right, I, I I like having him on the bandwagon because he's such a great cheerleader. But he has got Chris Long, obviously another former uh, football player on the show. Uh, this is just two and a half minutes of great dialogue. So in order to win in the playoffs and then make a nice run in the playoffs, you need to have a, a defense that can get after the quarterback. You need to have a running game. You also need to have a quarterback who can make some plays, a quarterback yep. who is elusive, and you need a play caller who knows how to get in his bag at the right time. How did I not just describe the Green Bay Packers to you, Chris? Well, you kind of you, you, – I thought you were caping for the Chiefs because uh, they, they got that too, but the Packers, I agree. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have been down on Jordan Love because of the first half of the season. But if you look at the way they call it offenses, I don't know if this was any of Jordan Love's fault in preparation or, you know, like the way that they felt like from a trust standpoint, it just might have been a thing where they're like, he's not ready yet. And they ran a lot of their first half on offenses, especially like like preseason games. I mean, like they just it was vanilla. They didn't take shots. And over the last month of the season. Jordan has taken shots. They've been really good in the intermediate areas of the field. I think he's great turning his back to the defense. He's perfect for that offense. And, you know, sticking his foot in the ground and finding that deep crosser or, you know, like um, changing his arm angle. Like he can do a lot of those things in the short passing game, in the intermediate passing game that make me think that he's a real deal pro quarterback. And I thought last night we could make it about the Chiefs and we will. Yeah. But this is about the Packers, man. Like the, to me, it's as much about the Packers as it is about the Chiefs. And two weeks in a row, not just beating good teams, but jumping them. Like, they jumped these guys. And I thought, you know, like, I think the edge rushes they have are, are a plus. I, knocking Mahomes down in the red zone a couple times. The group up front's really good. Um, they're getting guys back healthy on, on defense side of the football. And that offense is really, really clicking. So... You know, if you look at Detroit, for instance, who's going to probably win the division, right? Even if Green Bay keeps winning, yeah. uh -huh. look at who you might host uh, in the playoffs. Damn. You might host them. You know, <laughs> Sean McVay, who wants to beat Jared Goff, uh, Matt Stafford, <laughs> yeah. who wants to win in Detroit. Yeah, you might get you might get wow. the Packers for the third time in a month. You might get you know any number of these teams. You might get Minnesota for the third time in a month, like. None of these matchups seem awesome if you're Detroit. Uh, but, but that's the, the hidden storyline for me is like some of these NFC wildcard teams are growing up to where they can make noise. And I think the Packers are, are number one there. And that's sort of the forbidden conversation, isn't it? You, you can't talk about really going on a run. You, you can talk about getting in and being excited about getting in. You can talk about maybe winning a game. Going on a run is a little bit iffy. But Rich Eisen's just like, let's talk about it. What do you need? You need a defense. You need a good play caller. You need a quarterback. You need some guys that can make plays. Right? You go down the list of like what 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 is the characteristics of a team that you think has a legitimate shot of making a run in the playoffs? I describe the team. Tell me why it's not the Packers. Now, 
It also described a few other teams, right? No doubt. You know, Philadelphia, the Chiefs. But the point is, the Packers are in that group. And he's even going on to say, like, teams like Detroit? Not really. So there's there's different kinds of, of playoff teams. There's teams that kind of get in, but eh, you don't really expect much from them. And then there's teams that get in that are legit and have a shot. And the point is, as it is right now, I think it's fair to say the Packers belong in the conversation with the big boys. Even if you don't think they're as good as Philly and San Francisco and Dallas. I think they're in that basket. And again, of course, that can change. But as of right now, the way that they're playing, beating the Chiefs in and, and, and Detroit and all that, I think they're in that group. I mean, it's hard to keep them out because if you keep them out, then, I mean, the Chiefs have to be out. And that's, that's a big deal. Here's a video from uh, NFL on YouTube. Uh, you've got, uh, who do we got here? Who cares? Uh, more so talking about Matt LaFleur, who also deserves his flowers. This I will say this about Matt LaFleur. And certainly I am not somebody who's going to take shots at other members of the media. But when five years into his career, you've got two people sitting next to each other for an entire three-hour game, one saying LaFleur, one saying LaFleur, nobody's correcting anyone, and then you look at the numbers, this is a guy whose name you absolutely should know. Highest winning percentage by a head coach in December in NFL history. Look at the rest of that list. Vince Lombardi, John Madden, Mike Sherman's in there as well. And Bill Walsh, three Hall of Famers are up there. And this might be the best coaching job that Matt LaFleur has ever done. Because if you just survey your average fans, okay, last night in a Packers-Chiefs game, and ask them, okay, besides Christian Watson, once he goes out of the game, can you name any of the Packers receivers? Can you name any of these tight ends who are catching passes? Beyond A.J. Dillon, can you name any of the running backs? Can you name any of the offensive linemen? Can you name anybody that he's working with on offense? <laughs> it is such a young group. They went through a lot of different things from an injury perspective and still are with guys like Aaron Jones out and then Christian Watson suffering a hamstring injury last night as well. But the development of the young quarterback in Jordan Love, which has been entrusted to Matt LaFleur, is a process that certainly looks like it's going in the right direction against a Chiefs team that, for all of their flaws this season, still in the middle of their AFC playoff chase, and all of a sudden the Packers sneak it up in the NFC as well. Again, at this point, it's, it, it really is undeniable. Everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. It's really just a matter of handle business, right? It's, it's the freaking Giants. Just handle business, man. You're better than they are. You're more talented. I mean, we, we have a quarterback that's out there playing like a top 10 quarterback, and the Giants don't have a quarterback. I mean, just, just flat out, like, they just don't have one. They don't have the receivers we have. They don't have the offensive line we have. They don't even have the defense that we have. They, they don't have anything that we have. Go handle business. Another primetime game in freaking New York. Fly out to the big city. I, again, three weeks in a row, national stage. Beat the living crap out of them. Because not only is the team believing, that was, that was how we started the show, right? Matt LaFleur saying, you know what's scary? You guys are starting to believe. And so is everybody else. So am I. So is everybody else listening. So is the media. So is the locker room and everything else. Just just hang on to this. Because you're, you're in. That's the thing. Like, you're in. You're already in. You don't have anything else to prove. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to gain anything else. You did it. You already did it. You're already in the cool kids club. You're already in, 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 in the upper echelon. Like you, you have already accomplished it. You just have to hang on. Just continue being exactly what you are. Got a bunch more, but let's do one more. Uh, again, great cheerleader, Rich Eisen. Here we go. 
Green Bay Packers are uh, are a really good football Dangerous. team. I said this last night, and I knew what I was saying when I tweeted it, and I thought, figured, okay, I'm going to get it, but I don't care. <laughs> Bring it. But, you know, I, I'll go higher register at this point in time. It's not that I don't believe it, but I'm, I'm just going to, because it's tough to say this after just the three-game win streak and the struggles that I, you know, I was telling everybody in Green Bay to relax, but Jordan Love uh, looks a lot like Aaron Rodgers. At times, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been saying that too all year. He just—I think—is it just like the back foot throw, the sidearm? I, I think it's also. I just love the way it carries. It's himself. also the uh, ball speed and accuracy at the end of the ball speed dart, where and the throw doesn't—it looks effortless, and it's just yeah. like whoa. You get a lot of those whoa, like what was that? And then the. <laughs> The on the run type. I'm sorry. What did he just say? You get a lot of those. What is is a whoa throw kind of like a wow throw, or are those two different things? Because I I explicitly remember hearing that there were some issues with with wow throws. Is is that is that a different thing? Because Rich Eisen just said there's been a lot of whoa throws. I'm just curious how how similar or dissimilar whoa and wow are. I'm just. Just, just wanted to interject that one thing real quick. Whoa, throws, and yeah, then the off-platform delivery and the cadence now at the line of scrimmage. I like it. I like it. And you're seeing it, and it's not against the slouches. Three in a row, Chargers, Lions in Detroit on Thanksgiving as the Lions are ready to be coronated as the not the same old Lions anymore. Mm -hmm. And they turn the Lions into the same old Thanksgiving Lions for a day. And it wasn't just one of those things where they took a large lead and then held on for dear life. They took a large lead. They took shots from the Lions and then said, enough of this. We're stamping the end of this thing. And I still need a 30 for 30 on how Jordan Love did not wind up with a turkey leg from Fox. I still need to know that. Mike, I need you to I'll do your leg work I in Chicago Boulevard. I work. You know, when you, when you go. When got you, a ton of legs, too. When you go there next to play round ball rock for some, you know, Big 12 college oh, basketball game, it jars me every single time I hear that. Yeah. Here, here comes. Here, I hear round ball rock, and it's not Jordan coming out of the Chicago Stadium mist. It's Marquette. You know, it's really weird to me. But find that out for me next time you're in Fox, will you please? I will. Thank you. But uh, And now it's the Chiefs Jeez. on Sunday night. And they are your seventh seed right now. They are six and six. And in the NFC playoffs, they are your seventh seed. Why? Love it. Love it. Well, reason why is they've already beaten the Rams, who eliminate the Seahawks from the equation off the bat. Division tiebreakers occur first. Rams have swept the Seahawks, so Seahawks get kicked out. Packers have beaten the Rams, and they get kicked out. And then Green Bay's remaining schedule, they have Minnesota at Minnesota. That is a Sunday night game. Love versus Dobbs. Look out. I don't think they're flexing out of that unless Minnesota falls off the planet, which I doubt they will with Justin Jefferson coming back. But their next game is at the Giants on a Monday night, and they'll blitz love right off the bus. And I'll tell you what, man, 
You want to blitz this guy? He seems to know exactly where to go with the football right now. And LaFleur is in his friggin' bag. And A.J. Dillon is running hard. And those young receivers that I bet there are, what of them, all of them, but Dobbs are available for you to pick up in your fantasy team for your, for your playoff run right now? Wicks? Possible. You think yeah, he's Watson's out there for you? You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are all the receivers that supposedly were too young and too green yeah. and not good enough and not ready for prime time. Well, they, they sure look ready in prime time last night. And their pass rush is getting after it. They got Mahomes in the red zone three times. That never happens. Literally. They said on the broadcast, first time Mahomes has ever been sacked in the red zone in a single game three times. It happened. That was a difference in the game. Your guy was Sean Gary, man. He's on it. He's been in the studio Dude, in that guest chair. Let me just say this to you. Let me just throw it out there. If Green Bay makes the playoffs, and they're your seventh seed, do you think? Or let's say they go to six seed. Let's go six seed, right? Six seed, because the five seed is going to be whoever loses the NFC East. So, so the six seed. And I don't mean to look at you. <laughs> but I know that's of the, of the most interest in you. I'm not saying Dallas will be that team, but we know Dallas is going to be that team. But yeah. anyway, long story short. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, now I'm just having fun. Whoa. So, no, uh, okay. in all seriousness, you think the Lions want Green Bay in their house? <laughs> no chance. I was talking about, I don't want to see Ohio State a second time. You want to see, and by the way, <laughs> we won't. So, uh, you think the Lions want to see Green Bay a third time? No way. How about this? You think Green Bay going to Philadelphia in a playoff game is going gonna, is gonna to shrink? In that situation? I'm telling you, man. Sneaky coach of the year candidate coming down the stretch. LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. You know, looking straight out of some magazine right now, like for, for hunting. You know? <laughs> I mean, you see what he's wearing on the sideline? I mean, it's hunting season now. Uh, I know. So, you know I mean? very, He's not yeah. even wearing any headgear. It's cold. Look Coach, at him. Coach of the year is a fun race, too. There's so many candidates right now. Jordan Love <laughs> looks of- a lot like Aaron Rodgers is the headline. And if Green Bay fans want to hang their hat on anything, it's too early. It's totally early. And when I say looks like Aaron Rodgers, I'm not saying he's going to the Hall of Fame as a first ballot guy. Yeah. I'm just not saying that. There's so much legwork to be done. But... This guy, compared to the guy we saw in the first half of the season, are two totally different individuals. No pattern of footballs, no hitches, just back, Boom. leg, out. Yep. And they're calling plays like they've got a quarterback who knows where to go with it. There were a couple throws in danger. You know, I'm not saying he's perfect. Who cares? Far through a lot of picks, big deal. Dude, <laughs> that fourth and one, the Romeo Dobbs, where Collinsworth, or I believe, yeah, said it, it was up. like him playing cornhole. That was an amazing pass. And, and who catch. throws the parabolas more impressively? Other than Russell Wilson. Other maybe. than Russell Wilson. Just Aaron. Is Aaron Rodgers. And the way he just off his back leg and he kind of gets down and throws it up, I'm like, who does that remind you of? Now, obviously, you're, you're reminded of it because of the uniform, too, right? Yeah, of course. Man. But that's a guy who sat for years, watched, learned, yes. absorbed, and now he's making the most of his opportunity. Yeah. 